Free Trail fam, bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning recording in the heart of Chamonix covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week. Drew Holman, American hero. Dylan. Welcome to Chevy. American hero. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's kind of you. Uh, Minnesota uh, hero. Oh, Minnesota hero. Yeah, yeah Grand Marais, all 1,200 of us. Fellow uh, Minnesotan, Courtney DeWalter was just sitting in that chair there. So you have big shoes to fill, but I'm you guys not, are... I'm not even going to try to fill. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be hubris. Buddy, thanks for coming in. It's thanks good so. to see you again. We've sort of been hanging out the last few days over in Cormier. We have. Before coming through the tunnel here. How do you feel a few days ahead of CCC? Feeling feeling good. Um, yeah, just like super happy to be here. You know, this is like the best week of the year for our community, getting to race, being in like one of the most beautiful places in the world. Like First time racing my, here though, right? First time racing. Yes. We were here two years here's, ago. Here's my little pitch. Yeah. Is that everyone should come to UTMB and not race because it is fabulous. You get to run as much as you possibly want. Yep. Uh, you get to hang out with all your friends and there's zero stress. Yeah. So I've actually been feeling a little bit sad that I'm racing this year because you have to like dial it in and taper and uh, it's just been so much fun the last yeah. couple of years. In what, 21, I remember you and Sasha were over here for a wedding and you were just kind of scoping it out, focusing on Western states at that point yeah. in your career. And here you are a few days ahead of... CCC, where you definitely go in as one of the favorites, even though you usually are under the radar. You were actually just ta- saying before we press record that you're bad at social media. So maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> I, I think, you know, obviously like earlier this week, Ryan made an awesome video that you shared on your Instagram, but for the most part, you like are pretty quiet online, yeah. which I think is refreshing in mm. today's day and age. What's your philosophy with social media and the internet in general? Yeah, I mean, I think, Social media for me is like, it's kind of a necessary evil, um, of being a professional athlete in this sport. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, it's not what brings me to these races. It's not something that I need to validate what I'm doing and you know, why, why I'm here. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, I'm probably, 
it would probably be good for me to get better at social media. And <laughs> so let's just put that, we'll put that in the, you know, in the, in the file filing cabinet and just, you know, at some point I'll have to actually learn how to up my social Hire media some game. help. Hire, Hire some, some help. help. Exactly. Exactly. Um, going back to the end of last year, Cape town, you finished third mm-hmm. in what I hear was your first international race. Is that accurate? It was. Yeah. Wow. So third place at Cape town. Tell us a little bit about that because like, I do think that one of the key things about what makes you special is just like your consistency and stuff across Mm -hmm. different types of terrain, different distances and stuff. And especially like going to a big international stage like that on your first try and having a good race, typically there's a little bit of a learning curve there. Mm -hmm. So tell us about CCC and, and more generally like how you've been able to orchestrate your career with so much consistency. Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, Shout out to Stu and the entire crew yeah. down at Ultra Trail Cape Town. Like that was one of the coolest experiences that I've had in our sport. Um, if anyone is thinking about it, like just go make the trip. Like it's super, super special. That community um, is second to none. You know, they they bring people in. They embrace, you know, elites, non-elites uh, and everyone in between. So, you know, huge, huge kudos to what they're able to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, I try to bring a lot of just intentionality to my racing. Um, I try not to race too much. Um, I really like after big efforts, try to give myself the time to reset, feel excited about the sport, feel excited about the training, Mm -hmm. um, and get myself to a place where, you know, I can show up at these events and, I don't know, I, I steal this from you all the time, Dylan, but like, like just fully go to the well yeah. and be willing to embrace the fact that like good days are almost never easy mm-hmm. and like a willingness to, you know, kind of put yourself in that pain cave is necessary to, to be successful in this sport. And so, you know, some of showing up in Cape Town, showing up here is like showing up just with like a ton of excitement. Yeah to, to race and to really kind of go, go that extra step. And so yeah. with and, intention, and with that, I've been able to, you know, like have some good days. I like the intention point. And I think the people who know you well know that you bring intention to everything you do. And I wanted to talk to you too about your professional life, because like, especially mm-hmm. early in the year, like kind of before you got into the busiest part of your racing season, you were heads down in your work life. You guys were going through, you know, sort of an acquisition process. And I know it was was really busy for the whole team. Yeah. I'd love to just like hear you talk about like, you know, the pros and cons of balancing a full-time real professional job while you're still trying to race against the best athletes in the world. Totally. Totally. Um, I mean, it's a constant kind of give and take. Um, when I'm getting good sleep and when I'm feeling excited about my work outside of running and I'm excited about the running, I think it's a really good balance. You know, it keeps, it keeps me grounded in the fact that, yes, running is important because it matters to us and because we put weight on running as something that we care about we invest a lot of time in. Um, but it's also easier for me to just kind of step away from that mm. because I do have a career that I care a lot about and yeah. that I invest in heavily and that I spend a lot of time working on. And yeah, that might come at the 
you know, downside of some big, sexy training. Um, but at the same time, I think it allows me to have a perspective around the importance of this community, the importance of racing and what it means, but also not tie my entire self-worth to the actual outcomes. Um, which, you know, I think like brings some resilience to how I race, which is like my, my training because of my professional career outside of running is never perfect. Yeah. But then I never expect the races to be perfect. And that's for me has been a really good kind of way to show up, um, as like my, my whole self. Yeah. And yeah, we, uh, we just had Hannes Namberger in here and he was talking about his training and it reminded me of you because he does like a maximum of 80 or 90 miles a week in his training. Does a lot of like focused intensity, spends some time on the bike every week too, just to add a little bit of volume. So maybe ends up with more overall training load than you do. But I don't know. I think for the audience to hear athletes of your caliber sort of talk about doing sort of non-heroic training, sort of more, uh, training that they could I- identify with. I think they could learn a lot from hearing you talk about, you know, how, what sort of numbers you're putting up and the mix of like when you're not putting up the big volume, yeah. do you feel insecure about it? Knowing that a lot of your competitors are, do you try and make up for it by adding intensity, things yeah. like that? Um, I mean, like coming into CCC, I had some really, really consistent training of like mid, mid eighties. And I think one of the things about like having a full-time job outside of the full-time training and being a professional athlete is that like at the end of the day, like we have one bucket of stress. Mm -hmm. And so yes, there not, might not be 120 miles of stress, but there's still 120 miles of stress in terms of like what I carry outside of running. And so I think that like 85 is then, you know, built with, what's going on in the other aspects of my life. Um, and I think that there's also, I mean, I think I'd be lying if we, if I didn't say that there's not imposter syndrome, you know, like I think that that's something that a lot of us as athletes end up dealing with because, because we're surrounded by people that work so hard and try so hard and care so deeply about performing at the highest level. And so, you know, there is imposter syndrome there and there is doubt, but, that's always, that's always in those moments of like being tired. It's always in those like moments of, you know, little bits of weakness almost. And there's also confidence in like David Roach and I, my coach have been working together for a long time. We know what works. We know kind of the, the signals of when to, when to maybe turn it up a little bit and when to turn it down. Um, and I think that like, there's also been world-class performances of people running this kind of mileage, right. you know, Claire Gallagher won Western States and CCC off of quote unquote low mileage. And I think that, you know, everyone in our sport is often like quick to point to big mileage as the way. Um, and I just think that like there are different paths yeah. for each of us and like acknowledging That's what makes it fun. And, and, and just like acknowledging that it's super personal. Yeah. And so like, you know, I don't think any of us should judge how other folks approach right. it, but you know, there's, there's multiple ways to get to the same outcome. So talking about your season more specifically, you started the year at Lake Sonoma yeah. where you won mm-hmm. phenomenal performance. 
qualified for the world's team. We can talk about that in a sec, but what it meant was that you had to make a decision between worlds and Western States. You had two finishes in a row at Western States. So I think uh, the audience would love to hear about just like making that consideration as a professional athlete, what motivates you versus maybe what the media or fans of the sport would expect you to do, how you ultimately decided to go represent team USA. Totally. Totally. Um, I mean, first off, Western States changed my life Yeah, two years ago. Like I don't want anyone to believe anything yeah. otherwise. Like of course, yeah. that is one of the most important races in our sport. It's one of the most important experiences that I've had in my athletic life. Um, and I will be so thrilled to maybe someday have the opportunity to tow the line again at Western States. Um, but this year, you know, a lot of, or how I kind of approached that decision was I had been here the last two years and I know that I will want to go back, but I also knew that I needed a little bit of a break. Um, Tyler Green and I chatted probably six months before Western States. And he asked me like, Hey, do you think you're going to be going back? And almost immediately I was like, no, I don't think so. Um, and I asked him and he was like, Oh yeah, I'm going back. Like I got the, I still have the bug. And that's a race where you need to have the bug. Totally. You need to be both in the training that it takes leading up to the race, but even more so like the mindset that you have to be in going into Western States to perform at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just like was honest with myself that this year wasn't the year to, to go back. Um, and it almost just made it easier that I was able to qualify for worlds so that I, I didn't feel that extra pressure. Like it's easier to kind of turn it down at that point. Such a good point. Needing to have the bug in order to really lace it at any race, especially yep. Western States. So worlds, man, yep. fifth place Ugh. in the 80 K, the long course event, another just like really solid, like just consistent Drew Holman never screws it up type race. <laughs> Nothing would. Everybody. Yeah. Ryan was there and, you know, obviously like relayed how you were doing and, um, you know, just sort of like steady Eddie moving up throughout the day. Just tell us about racing in that event and, and how it sort of fit into the greater architecture of your season building towards CCC. Totally. Totally. I mean, I just want to acknowledge, like, I think the coolest thing about worlds was I showed up not convinced that the, like the team environment was going to be that different than any other race. Yeah. You know, I showed up saying, thinking, oh, it's it's going to be 10 hours. And like 10 hours is a pretty personal yeah. uh, experience to go through. Um, and then I had like the coolest experience racing with Eric LaPuma and Zach Miller. You guys all crushed it. And like, it was awesome. Like, I don't know. Eric caught me at... By the way, he's also flying under the radar this oh, weekend. Don't anyone... That dude shreds. Nobody. Yeah. I, we cannot be, we can't be writing him off. Yeah. He could go top three. That's Keep going. Tell us anyway, more. Yeah. Um, he caught me like midway through the race and I was like in a pretty, it was hot. You know, I don't, I was just joking this week that I don't think I've run a race when it hasn't been over 85 degrees <laughs> in like five years. It's like kind of disgusting. So I'm hoping that it stays under 80 uh, on Friday. Um, but he caught me and I was in kind of a low spot and he literally was just like, come on, Drew, we're going, let's go. Like, we're going to do this. And then we just started chipping people away and I was able to like kind of dig myself out of uh. a hole. 
little bonk and um we ran basically the last like 20 miles together and went from you know 10th or 12th to you know we caught zach in the last like two miles and then and you zach guys were fifth sixth seventh put down like two sub six minute miles or something crazy <laughs> uh which was just so fun um yeah and then we went five six seven which was just like so incredibly special magical like uh and it felt like I was on the team for the yeah. first time in years. Which wow. Was really cool. Super cool. As we sort of wind down, I want you to explain the push, push, glide philosophy mm. to our audience. Because when you explained this to me earlier in the spring when Ryan and I were in Boulder, it struck me as a fairly profound thing. And then your coach, David Roche, talked about it on his podcast <laughs> with, with Megan a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, Drew said that to me too. You don't necessarily need to say like how it's relevant to your life, but yeah. just more generally what the push, push glide philosophy is. Totally. Well, first I want to say that, um, my wonderful partner, Sasha Tennity, this came from <laughs> her mom, Ellen. So shout out to Ellen. Shout out to Ellen. Ellen is very wise. Um, I don't think Ellen has Nordic skied more than maybe once in her life, but yeah. she has a way of, uh, connecting with everyone that she meets and really being able to read where they're at. And I was coming out of, you know, some really, really heads down hard kind of, professional work life. Um, and I was grappling with what I think a lot of runners grapple with, which is like wanting to strive to be the absolute best, but maybe not always dialing it back when we need to, to properly rest. And she came to me with this, this kind of philosophy or idea about how the best Nordic skiers in the world, it's a cadence game. And the technique is like, you have to push and you have to push, but you have to take your glide. And if you don't take that glide, you're inefficient and you're not going to be the best gear in the world. Um, and so I've tried to like embrace that in the last six months, both in running and in my, my work, my work life, um, where it's okay to take glides in different aspects of life. Um, and it's also okay to push. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited for a big push on Friday. Um, and then I'm excited to, to take that glide. Uh, <laughs> nice little glide phase. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in closing, I'm realizing I haven't really asked you anything about CCC. Any goals you want to share? How are you thinking about this weekend's race and how it fits into the greater mosaic of your running career and what you want to do going forward? Yeah. Um, I mean, Worlds was really, the, it was the first time I'd raced in Europe. Um, and it was super confidence building. Yeah. And I think that like, it's a good reminder to runners, no matter where you live, that like, if you compete at a high level, you can compete yeah. anywhere in the world. And, you know, my goals for CCC are similar to most of my races, which is, you know, I want to be incredibly present. Yeah. I want to give absolutely everything. And I think that if I do that, I can perform really well on Friday. Yeah. Um, but I also acknowledge that this is a sport where there are curveballs thrown at us endlessly. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, success looks like a bunch of different things. Cool. Yeah. We've been asking everybody a traditional closing question here. I know the answer for you, but I'm going to make you answer it anyway. And that is just who is going to be crewing for you mm -hmm. on Friday? Why is he or she crewing for you? Yeah. And what does that person meant to you? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, crew chief is Sasha Tennity, yeah. who's like 
my best friend, my partner, um, person that I love more than anyone else in the world. Um, she'll be out there. Um, you know, she crews me in life. She crews me in all aspects. Um, and then I have two great friends. So I have, uh, Addie Thompson. Who's in the room with us. She's in this room. Um, who's been, you know, a wonderful friend and is someone who just brings so much joy to everything that she does. Um, and so she and Sasha will be out there and they've had experience crewing together at Western States. And at Lake Sonoma too. Right? And at Lake Sonoma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, pretty good I'm track not, record there. Pretty good track record. And then, um, we have Jack Davis, who's a friend that I met at Ultra Trail Cape Town. Uh huh. He reached out to me. I'd met him at Western States training camp. He was crewing and pacing Stu, uh, South was, African guy. Yeah. Sweet. Stu, who, uh, is the race director at Cape town. Yeah. Um, and he jumped in and just was like, spent like 10 hours with Sasha and my parents. Um, and they had a lovely time. Uh, and so he's a, a bit of a newer friend who, uh, showed up in, you know, Chamonix this week and is going to per- participate. Play a well. support role too. Yeah. Brad. Well, Drew Holman, we're going to be, tr- <clears throat> excuse me. We are going to be rooting for you loudly this weekend. We wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thanks Dylan. Everybody sign up for Free Trail Pro.